I'm Ray Rogers. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. Here in the United States, November is National Native American Heritage Month, a celebratory month to recognize the significant historical and ongoing contributions of the First Americans. A very important piece of teaching and preserving this rich history, not only today, but for generations to come, involves preserving knowledge in a way that can be passed down from elders to the youth. The U.S. Administration for Native Americans and Office of the Administration for Children and Families, also called ANA for short, believes language revitalization and continuation are two of the first steps taken in preserving and strengthening a community's culture because use of native language helps build identity and community. On the west coast of the U.S., in Oregon and Washington, Sahaptin is a language spoken in a number of dialects by indigenous Americans, including by the confederated tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation, which is a union of three tribes, the Cayuse, Umatilla, and Walla Walla. To help build and revive the languages of these three tribes, the CTUIR is working to build and strengthen resources to make traditional languages available to students at all levels. As part of this effort, in May 2021, CTUIR announced the launch of its Umatilla Online Language Dictionary, a collaborative program between the CTUIR Language Program and Amazon Web Services. To learn about the dictionary, I spoke with Lisa Mintorn, Sahaptin Language Technology Specialist for the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. Take a listen. My name is Lisa Mintorn. I work for the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation and I am the Sahaptin Language Technology Specialist in the language program. I've been here for five years and I'm the tribe's technical lead for this online dictionary project. And so how and when did the Umatilla Dictionary Online get started? How large is the dictionary? Is it still growing? And who were the main contributors? The very first official meeting was in March of 2019 and then the pandemic hit. So we didn't um, start again until maybe November, December of 2020. Before it had its online counterpart, was there a paper dictionary, just like a standard dictionary that people could turn to? The paper dictionary, that work started in 1996, I believe, with the first linguist that was hired in the language program. So as elders came on, by the time it was full-fledged working with a lot of elders, there were 96 elders available to work on this dictionary. The primary person is uh, Inez Spino Reeves. She is one who accepted everything new. She said, get it out there. She had always said that, just get it out there, let people use it. And that would be the paper dictionary. And that was a uh, published in 2014. When the paper dictionary was coming together, nearly 100 elders working on contributing, how many words were captured? I believe it's more than, than 6,000. Was there an urgency to creating this? At the time, I don't believe so because there were 96 recorded elders available for the help. Maybe it was a little bit, you know, the linguists understood that in terms of preserving a language, but I don't think um, that was apparent to everyone. How and when did the Umatilla Dictionary idea to bring this online come about? Our first meeting with AWS, they just asked me, you know, what are your greatest concerns here in the language program? And I said, oh, I have a lot. A uh, search engine would be number one. Uh, font, number two, it's do we really need a Unicode font? Because other than that, the other fonts, the old fonts that would 
be more like ASCII fonts, were used and they degrade over time in such a way that when you try to open those documents, it looks like a lot of wing wing bats, wing, you know, those uh, funny Little symbols, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, and then once you do that, you cannot recover the document. I've tried everything, you know, to convert that, but what I didn't understand is exactly what I needed and how I would need to convert that. But I did understand with the new font going forward, we needed a Unicode font. So now we do use a Unicode font for all our work. So that was my number one concern is because the dictionary, the digital dictionary of the published dictionary is all in a font that is not Unicode. And so now people can go online and access this rich resource. And there is a built-in keyboard where they have access to all of the Umatilla special characters. And this is important because the number of fluent speakers has diminished over the years. Can you tell me about the impact the online dictionary has had on the youth? Since the release, we've had maybe 1,600 users. How many fluent speakers are there today? There are four Unitilla speakers, and there are four Nesper speakers. Well, actually three. We just lost them last year. So altogether, we have seven total fluent speakers. Are children still learning the language? Do they learn it, even if not fluently, are they learning some of it at home or at school? As a program, we have decided mostly at school, and it's uh, tough to get into the home. People are so busy working. So, but Mm -hmm. this exposure online, and hopefully for future projects, will make it easier to reach more students near and far. We're talking about college students also. So some of those challenges that you mentioned earlier, needing a Unicode font, needing to make sure that things are searchable, that you can actually use the older documents. When creating the online version, how did you address some of these challenges? What were some of the solutions? When you go to the website, the keyboard and the font are displayed. So when you search, you can search in either English or Unitilla. As you do open up the dictionary and you want to go to the A section or the B section, you can do the same thing here with the search engine. This is awesome. And for those who don't know, all 36 characters, this resolves that because the entire alphabet is displayed right there. And you can choose from it how to spell. You can practice spelling words. Are there multiple languages that make up the Umatilla Dictionary, or is it one language? Oh, yes and no. Not every entry has this, but there's, of course, the full Umatilla explanation. And there will be, at the end of those explanations, there will be some Nespers entries, Walla Walla entries, I believe even Yakima language entries. It'll have something that says, well, this is you know, what they do in Yakima. They do this in Walla Walla but not entry is like that. And it doesn't say exactly, it'll just say NP for Nespers. And it spells the word as it would be in Nespers or Walla Walla or Yakima, whatever language um, is available. What are the future plans to enhance the online dictionary? Oh, right now we just have the view of it. And we do have placeholders for recordings and images. Now, not every entry needs an image, but as many images as we can get in there to address all explanations. And so with all the recordings, 
I'm hoping that'll be sort of a language archive, the beginning of a language archive. And the one other feature we have that I really like on this website is we have word of the day. So this pulls, you know, a random word from all the words in the dictionary and displays that. Looking forward, what are you hoping the impact of the online dictionary will be? As people use it more, as students use it more, I'm hoping, yeah, it'll be a standard in the classrooms. And we are offering an ebook version also. So that should help uh, for people who really don't have internet or don't you know, really go to any of our buildings to access computers, which that is also available in our program for the education department. You can come in and use a computer and you can also use the online dictionary. It is web-based, so it's offered in all operating systems. To experience the dictionary for yourself, visit dictionary.ctuir.org. And to learn more about this project, check out the AWS Public Sector Blog at aws.amazon.com slash blogs slash public sector. Stay engaged with the show on social using hashtag FixThisByAWS and dive into our archives to hear more customer stories at aws.amazon.com slash fix-this-podcast. Thank you to our guest, Lisa, and thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.